0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: What's going on, Panthers Nation? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Brand new week here on the podcast. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on this Monday edition brought to you by our friends at Built Bar who want to remind you to use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first box. And again, this is a, a great, great tasting bar. Uh, this is the Really kind of the perfect protein bar that you could ask for. It has less sugar than all the other bars. It has more protein. And it actually tastes like chocolate because they use pure chocolate. So uh, the the taste is actually really great. So not only is it good for you, but it tastes really well. It's the perfect combination. So go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Try it for yourself and you can save $10 off your first box. Crossover week continuing here. On the Locked On Podcast Network, it's the NFC South and the NFC North. So we're starting today with the Detroit Lions, myself and Matt Derry. But before we get into that, there of course was a quick bit of Panthers news over the weekend as their draft signings have already started. Uh, Ian Rapoport reported over the weekend that Derek Brown has agreed to terms on a four-year contract worth about 26 point three million dollars uh, a shade over that uh, but and of course it has the fifth year option but good sign that the Panthers have already agreed to terms and again you know obviously the, the CBA that was put into place in 2011 has helped that really the biggest thing was um, offset language but uh, definitely a good sign that the Panthers have already pretty much locked up their uh, their first round pick so the rest of the dominoes for them should fall pretty easily now that Derek Brown is in place so Derek Brown set to go again it's a four-year deal uh, 20 a little over 26 23 point six million dollars uh, excuse me and um, keep in mind now the fifth year option the the new rule for this fifth year option with with the CBA starting next year actually really starting this year is uh, that fifth year options you know the value for the fifth year option is not tied now to where they were drafted their original year. It has to do now with, you know, their performance and average salary, things like that. So even if you were, like, the 11th pick in the draft, you can still get a higher number, unlike, you know, the previous CBA, where you were getting less money as the uh, the 11th pick just because you weren't a top 10 pick. You know, so again, that'll start with next year's fifth-year options and the, uh, the 2018 uh, draft picks. So for the Panthers... That of course would be DJ Moore, the 24th overall pick. But again, it's going to be tied to things like his performance and the wide receiver salary. And we expect, you know, too that um, after they talk to Taylor Moten, that DJ Moore will probably be the next guy to uh, to get get contract talk. So we'll see what happens there. But he's he's the guy up next now for the the fifth-year option for the Panthers next year. But again, big news over the weekend. Derrick Brown has agreed to terms with the Carolina Panthers. Four-year deal, $26 million and change. So like I said at the top, uh, we're starting our second crossover week this week. It is the NFC South and the NFC North. And we're starting here with Matt Derry. So the schedule, so you guys can be prepared and follow along if you and get excited. Lions today, then tomorrow it is myself and Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. Uh, Wednesday, myself and Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and then Thursday we wrap it up with the uh, the newest father in the Locked On Network, Peter Bukowski and Locked On Packers. So, excited for this week. So, let's start it off on a good note. Myself and Matt Derry, Locked On Panthers and Locked On Lions. All right, guys, welcome to another Locked On crossover as we begin NFC North Week with the NFC South here. Locked On Panthers, Locked On Lions. Bill Resetti with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Always a pleasure to talk to Matt. Matt, how you doing man? Good to be with you here.
2: Bill, great to uh, talk to you as well. Lions and Panthers going to get together again. Uh, saw each other, you know, the last couple of years here, and um, you know, Christian McCaffrey and company against that vaunted Lions defense should be interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it should be a should be a fun one. And you know, the, the Lions uh, certainly have had an interesting off season. Uh, really, kind of started with a little bit of a surprise to some people, uh, announcing that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia would be back for another year, year three. For uh, Matt Patricia, Uh, they had the big announcement. And usually when you have kind of an announcement like that saying, like, yeah, we're bringing back Patricia for year three, it uh, it seems to me that this is definitely a a make or break year. I think if it's another down year for Matt Patricia, he's probably out of there. And I sense you probably feel that way, too. This is, uh, you know, they either get it done this year or they're cleaning house.
2: I, I would think so. But you never can count anything out, Bill, that the Lions do when it comes to their ownership. You know, this is. An ownership group led by uh, Martha Firestone Ford, who's 92 years old, and her daughter Sheila, who, of course, come from the William Clay Ford Sr. Uh, you know cloth that was uh, Martha was you know is is the widow of, of, of the late Mr. Ford, and think like, they're patient, uh, they're loyal, and you know when Matt Millen got a second contract, when Wayne Fonts lasted as long as he did, uh, you know th- this is kind of how it goes. Now, I do think that Martha is a little bit more. Uh, Impatient than her husband was. This is a big year, but here's Bob Quinn as general manager, like you talked about, entering year number five. Matt Patricia entering year number three. And when they fired Jim Caldwell a couple of years ago, and you and I have talked about this before, uh, this was to elevate a team that had won nine games in back to back years and had made the playoffs to no longer be nine and seven and just above average. It was, all right, we're bringing in Patricia. We're going to win big time. We're going to not just win nine. We're going to win 10, 11, 12. We're going to win divisions. We're going to win. Uh, the NFC North, finally, for the first time. And uh, it didn't happen. You know, they've won nine games in two years. And, and, and 9-22-1 is not going to cut it. So, while it, it should lead to heads rolling, it, I'm not necessarily saying it will. Uh, the Fords want meaningful games in December. Well, if they're 7-8 and eight going for a playoff spot, is that meaningful to some fans? Is it meaningful to the Fords? We don't know. They don't talk much publicly, but... Yeah, I do believe it's a big year. They've they've got to win some games and and get a lot better than the three-win team from last year.
0: Yeah, that was the big thing, too. You know, they started off pretty promising, actually, last year. Won two of their first three games and then had the tie in week one. And then things just seemed to plummet. Obviously, Matt Stafford had the injury, but it was more the defense just came to shambles. Like, what, what was the whole reason that they just seemingly imploded over the, the final thirteen weeks of last season, and what have they done to try to remedy that for twenty twenty?
2: Well, you're right. Uh, you know, you, you start off two zero and one. You're one of the one of like two only unbeaten's left. Uh, it should have been three and zero. They blew the game in Arizona in, in the opener for the tie, but they did look promising. Stafford was off to a tremendous start. Uh, the offense was clicking. Kenny Galladay was buzzing. T.J. Hawkinson, their first round pick, had a monster first game. Then then you never heard from them again, uh, which made no sense. But, you know, they had an opportunity to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at home and get to 3-0-1. But they couldn't get stops. And that started this trend of not being able to get to the pass ru- uh, passer with their pass rush. Uh, the secondary breaking down. Linebacker play very, very average to below average. And they just couldn't stop anybody. And when you're paying Trey Flowers $18 million a year, he's got to get to the quarterback more than eight times um, Darius Leigh was a top-notch cornerback, is a top-notch cornerback, but he needed some help. Safety play was sporadic. Quandre Diggs was not 100% at the time. Um, and then the offensive line just couldn't run blocks, so again, it was back to the same stuff of Stafford having to win every game with his arm. And then when Stafford got hurt, forget it. You know, it was the Jeff Driscoll and David Blau show. Johnson and on. Johnson gets hurt, um, and then it just spiraled out of control. So, you know, you know 3-12-1 is, is unacceptable. The Lions have said that, but also kind of said, hey, look, we had a lot of injuries, a lot of bad luck, lost a lot of close games. We're closer than we think. That's what they're saying.
0: And, you know, certainly an uh, interesting offseason so far for them in free agency and the draft. I want to get your thoughts on uh, some of those guys, too, to, you know, especially give Panthers fans a little bit of a taste of some of the new faces. Uh, two of the big free agent signings, of course, um, the, the biggest one, at least money wise, was uh, Big V. Halipudi Vaidi Vaitai coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles, giving him about nine million dollars a year, which was, you know, <laughs> definitely surprised a lot of yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, that Vaitai got that that big of a, of a contract. You know, he, you know, has flashed some moments. Of course, he was uh, he had to uh, play in place of uh, Jason Peters and actually played pretty well uh, in the Super Bowl that the Eagles won a couple of years ago. But uh, other than that, Vaitai has been pretty inconsistent. So, um, how do you justify? Giving Vitae, and this isn't, this is you, know, you know, not that Vitae is like a bad player or anything, but how do you justify giving Vitae $9 million a year over five years?
2: This is something that is head-scratching about Bob Quinn because, you know, he wouldn't pay Graham Glasgow, and I know guards and tackles are different. I get that. you The tackles make a lot of money. But Graham Glasgow was a guy that moved from center to guard a couple of times, was solid, well-liked in the room, and they just let him walk. And he got $11 million a year from Denver. Um, you know, Rick Wagner just didn't work out. The Lions decided to release him to clear some space. And then they go out and sign Big V, like you said, who's kind of unproven. Um, I think his contract for this year is, is low. But then the money adds up to, like you said, about nine, ten million $10 a year overall. But he's very unproven. Uh, not that Wagner was some dominant right tackle in two years making big money that they had signed away from Baltimore. He hadn't. He'd done okay. They see something. Maybe it's the scouting. Maybe it's uh, player development, whomever. They see something. This O-line has been pretty much, I'm not going to say it's going to be completely rebuilt, but you know, come next year, you could have three new starters uh, on the O-line. Uh, left to right last year was Taylor Decker, Joe Dahl, uh, Frank Ragnow, Graham Glasgow, and Rick Wagner. Now you're talking about Decker. You could have Logan Stenberg, the fourth-round pick uh, from Kentucky at left guard. Uh, obviously, Ragnow is very good at center. And then uh, the right guard of uh, Jonah Jackson, their third-round pick from Ohio State, and then Big V. So I think they are redoing that O-line a little bit. But they see something in Vitai. throw in $10 million a year for Jamie Collins, who only seems to thrive in New England. And obviously the Lions are like the pa- the Patriots of the Midwest with all the former Patriots, whether it's coaches, players, front office. So Jamie Collins and Vitai are going to have to come in and be really, really good players because that's what they're paying him to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. You know, Maybe there was that kind of Eagles connection with Big V now that uh, Corey Undlin is the defensive coordinator in Detroit coming over as defensive backs coach in Philadelphia. So maybe Undlin had a little bit of a say in there. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Jamie Collins and then they go out and get um, uh, Desmond Trufant uh, in free agency, they trade for Daron Harmon. And then, of course, they drafted uh, Jeff Okuda. So how well of a job do you think they've done so far? Really, obviously, the big question is replacing Darius Slate, who they traded to Philadelphia for a couple of draft picks. But those are the big names they brought in. Uh, you know, Jaron Curse they also bring in, too. So what's the secondary going to look like? And, you know, obviously, Jeff Okuda was a, a big need there. Great value, uh, certainly not a sloppy player. <laughs> but um, overall, what's what's the outlook of the secondary?
2: Uh, well, let's talk about the draft on the secondary. Like you mentioned, Jeffrey Okuda was was a must pick at three. You could make the argument. We did it on my show for months. You know, can they trade back? Should they trade back? Will they trade back? I was hoping they would. W- they would have, and found a trade partner with Miami or the Chargers, and they never really played. Bill the game of poker where they allowed people to think that they were interested in one of these quarterbacks. They just never did it. So I think when they made picked up the phone that week, I think Miami and the Chargers went, <laughs> Bob, no offense. We know you're not taking Tua. So we're not making a trip. We're not giving you anything extra. So they went and got the best player they felt on their board, of course, was, was Jeffrey Okuda. And look, if Derek Brown becomes a stud for you guys or the Panthers, and Okuda's average, then there's another one that got away because Brown is a definite need, was a definite need for the Lions too. Throw Isaiah Simmons in the mix as well. They need help all over the place uh, on defense. But the secondary now with Okuda, Trufont, Justin Coleman in the slot, a very highly paid slot cornerback. Those are your three corners. They like playing with a lot of safeties. They've got, you know, Deron Harmon, like you mentioned, coming over from the Patriots. I'm a big Tracy Walker fan. I think he's good. We'll see if Will Harris in year two can get better. So they like having three safeties on the field. They like having three cornerbacks on the field. They like to rush three and drop eight. I don't know how much of that will change this year, but that did not work a year ago. Um, but the rest of the draft, and I know we're going to talk Panthers in a minute here, but DeAndre Swift, I like their draft, actually. I, I don't love their free agent class, but their draft I thought was an A minus. I like DeAndre Swift. I love Julian O'Quara off the edge. You get Jonah Jackson and Stenberg, two possible starting bookend guards. Um, I think they did pretty well in the draft.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like like you said, they filled two guard spots. Uh, get intriguing receiving option in uh, Quintez Cephas. Uh They they did get uh, they did draft a couple of D tackles late in the draft. John Pennacini at Utah and Deshaun Cornell out of Ohio State. But I, I agree, Okuda, you know, had to be the guy, and um, there was really no chance they were going to. To be able to swing a trade because like you said the Dolphins and the Chargers knew that the quarterbacks were going to fall to them so why would they give up capital to uh to ensure they get one of those guys when they were going to be comfortable with either quarterback but overall you know some uh should be an intriguing season with the Lions uh feels like they're gonna um, grind it out a little bit, especially, you know, they take the, DeAndre Swift in round two, so you roll with him, and you got Carrion Johnson back there. So uh, does this feel like a team, and I, I guess we can kind of close on this, you know, does this feel like a team that's going to want to grind out games and then there's just kind of like an overall outlook of what the Panthers can expect uh, when they meet up with the Lions in November?
2: Yeah, the game November 22nd, uh, obviously, at, at uh, in Carolina this year. I, I, I mean, I'll say this. I think that uh, the Lions want to establish the run. They don't want to put all the pressure on Stafford. They've got now the the, the, the combination of Swift and carry on, like you said. I do think they're better. I do. Uh, I don't know how much better, though, because they've lost so many guys, you know, and have they replaced them right? You know, Ashawn Robinson and Snax Harrison, when they were right and they were healthy, were pretty good players at D-Tackle. Well, did they upgrade with Danny Shelton and Nick Williams? We don't know. Um, you know, you lose Slay and add Trufant. Okay, um, Slay's a better player. Slay's a better player than Okuda. So did you really upgrade the secondary? Well, let's hope so. There's more depth there. Uh, you lost Quandre Diggs, who you traded away last year at safety. It's Deron Harmon a definite upgrade? It's Will Harris a definite upgrade? So they've made some changes. Like I said, Jamie Collins now for Devon Kennard. It looks like a lot of, am not saying reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, but... How many spots did they definitely upgrade? But I will say this. The Packers draft was a disaster. The Bears draft was bad. So, you know, Bill, go win games. And this schedule is very winnable. You know, you, know, you guys with the rebuild and, and um, you know, Tampa Bay, you get at home. You get Tom Brady at home. You know, the, the road games at Jacksonville and Arizona, Carolina, those are all winnable games on the road. It's not like the Lions are going to Foxborough. It's not like the Lions are going to Pittsburgh. It's not like the Lions are going to New Orleans. They get New Orleans at home. They never win at the Superdome. So I think the schedule can help them. They play four of the first six away uh, on the road. Um, they, they seem to be having a leg up with, with their virtual workouts here during the pandemic. We'll see what happens. But uh, I'm interested in hearing wh- about the Panthers. Let's do that.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card
2: All right, welcome back Matt Derry locked on Lions Bill Rossetti. locked on Panthers it is the division crossover a day one of this NFC North and NFC South meeting up great to talk uh, to Bill about the uh, Carolina Panthers and you know Bill it's kind of funny you look at uh, the squad that you cover on a daily basis it looked like a full-fledged rebuild man and then you go and sign Teddy Bridgewater So, so what is going on down in Carolina
0: yeah, man. It's uh, I, I've always been touting this as kind of like a, a rebuild slash retool, right? You know, there, there's one day they're making moves that tell you that they're they're blowing it up and kind of starting from square one, but then there's moves that say that they, they feel they can win some games. So it's been kind of difficult over uh, over these last couple of months to really f- get a feel for what direction this team is going in. You know, I, I still feel this is a uh, going to be a down year um it's definitely more of a rebuild than a retool but um i I think there's definitely light at the end of the uh, at the end of the tunnel and i think teddy bridgewater is definitely a uh, a strong quarterback to kind of help keep the ship afloat you know and it may be just enough to um to maybe not ensure them the number one pick if uh, if people want to go that route um, but I, I do think they're going to pick top 10, but at least they're going to have talent on the field and they're going to be able to uh, develop and let everybody gel together. And I think you're going to start seeing the foundation of what should be a pretty good team come uh, 2021 and then definitely in uh,
2: 2022. Bill Rossetti from the uh, Locked on Panther show, Matt Derry, Locked on Lions. Let's start with the Bridgewater pickup. Um, you know, they let they obviously let Cam Newton go. They had some younger guys there that I think some folks thought maybe were waiting in the wings, uh, but they it, it elect for Bridgewater. What did you think of that?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I kind of heard that uh, there was a little bit of interest in Teddy Bridgewater even before free agency got going. I, you know, it still would have been pretty crazy to think that they would, they would actually move on from Cam Newton. I thought they'd give him. You know, one more year. But um, Teddy Bridgewater, of course, has the connection with Joe Brady. They spent a year together in New Orleans when Brady was with the Saints before he left for for uh, LSU. But uh, like I said, I I think, uh, and it's a good price too, because uh, you know it's only like twenty one million dollars a year, which is kind of average, right? When we're talking about a lot of the quarterbacks and the and the contracts they have. I kept using the, the example of. Uh, Nick Foles and the contract he was given by the Jaguars—what uh, was it, like 22 million a year? I think with a lot of incentives, and that's why the Jaguars had to move on from him so quickly because of how poor he played. I don't think Bridgewater's going to be at that level, you know. So I, I think 21 million for a guy like him, and the way they've uh, the way they've been giving him a lot of weapons to help him operate and to help you know make him feel comfortable, and just the the offense in general too I think you know you have Joe Brady and we saw the way he he worked at LSU offense and we know the talent is there for uh for the for the Panthers you know outside of Bridgewater he's got DJ Moore to throw to they brought in Robbie Anderson at the wide receiver and of course they extended Christian McCaffrey who really is the catalyst of this offense but um even after Teddy Bridgewater, they they went out and they signed P.J. Walker, who was you know the arguably the MVP at the time of the uh, the XFL before uh, before that season got shut down with the pandemic. Uh, you know he threw about 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns I think in his five games, so they seemed pretty high, and they gave him a pretty good contract for being a street free agent. So really intrigued what they're going to do with Walker, and then they kept Will Greer. You know, so it kind of tells me maybe they're kind of high on him. Maybe they like what they see from him as their number three, because obviously it wasn't just Cam Newton that's out of Carolina. They traded Kyle Allen, right. who started I think uh, twelve games last year for the Panthers. Somehow got a fifth round pick for him. So uh, I, I think you like, yeah, you, ha- you have to like what's uh, what's in the quarterback room, but it certainly does not stop them from dipping into the well in twenty twenty one, especially if they have high enough pick. I mean, I think they could certainly be in play for a guy like Justin Fields in next year's draft if they don't get the number one pick, which, like I said, I don't think they will. But I mean, you never know. They could this could be a team that goes out and wins two games and all of a sudden they are in position for Trevor Lawrence. But I think they're going to be positioned for potentially one of the top quarterbacks in next year's draft. So it's really going to be interesting to see what happens over the this next uh, year.
2: Looking at um, what what Marty Herney has done, and of course the new head coach is Matt Rule. Got a lot of money, but anywhere he's gone—Temple, Baylor, now the NFL—I mean, he's he's been a part of a blow-up scene where he's had to come in and kind of do things his way and, and start from scratch. They drafted a ton of defense, uh, and people really like their draft. So that that's and it starts with Derek Brown, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Derek Brown is going to be the foundation of this defense. You know, they still have K1 short, obviously, and I think you're gonna have him for a couple more years. You're gonna have a really nice duo in the middle there. But eventually short is gonna go and this is gonna be Derek Brown's show. So it feels like they have now started with Brown and they're kind of building around him, especially after Luke Keekley retired. And I thought they did a nice job um you know all throughout, but especially up front. You know, you get Derek Brown in the first and then you add some pass rushing. You give Brian Burns some help with uh, You know, So there's definitely some potential there. I thought there was a little bit of value in the second round there. You know, He certainly could have went in the first round. I thought a team like Seattle at 27 would have been interested. And then even some of the teams in front of Carolina, I thought could have been interested. You know, Cincinnati at 33, the Patriots, who ended up right in front of the, the Panthers after that trade with the Chargers. So I thought the Panthers did well to – nab up gross models and then probably my favorite pick of the entire draft for them was jeremy chin in the back end of round two love him Uh, yeah i love him too listen i i think this guy is like a a lighter a light version of isaiah simmons because this is another guy that can kind of play all over the field right he can play linebacker he can play corner say you know anywhere in the defensive backfield so he's going to be kind of that chess piece once he really developed you know and that's the thing he has more developing to do that's why I said he's a light version because I think he's rawer than the actual Isaiah Simmons but on a team like the Panthers like I think that's a, a perfect landing spot because he'll have that time to develop because this team is in a total rebuild. So you give this team a couple of years. And then the rest of the picks, too, I really like. Troy Pride out of Notre Dame to help fill the cornerback spot. They actually took a couple of corners. They took a seventh round guy, too, in uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver, the third out of Florida International, who's a pretty uh, intriguing guy. He's only played corner for two years, uh, but has already played it very well. And then uh, they took one of James Rule's guy, or, uh, Matt Rule's guys in uh, Bravian Roy. At defensive tackle, so you add him to the mix. And then a sneaky pick, you know, if people haven't caught on to the, the Panthers draft yet, Kenny Robinson in the fifth round is going to be a name to watch because this kid has a lot of ball skills. He's very athletic. Uh, the issue, of course, with him was he had you know, some academic fraud that popped up during his time at West Virginia, so he had to leave West Virginia, wound up playing in the XFL, and played very well in the XFL as well i think he had two interceptions in the four game or in the five games which i i don't think anybody else i think two was the highest number that anybody had in that league so he he showcased his ball skills in the xfl so i'm really intrigued to see what he does so yeah up up and down i thought the panthers had a really nice draft and i think you're going to look back at this draft and and say that matt rule killed it in in his first year because you're going to have i think a bunch of starters eventually come out of this draft and it, obviously it starts with brown but again chin i think can be a starter gross mottos robinson can work in there at, at some points prior there, there's a lot of potential in this
2: draft all right final thing bill for you talking some panthers here on the crossover the over under from vegas for carolina for wins lions is six and a half carolina is five and a half uh give me give me a minute here over or under what do you think
0: That's a, that's a pretty solid number, I think, for the Panthers. Cause <laughs> right about where I, where I've had them. I I, I think my first run through of their schedule, I think I had them at five and eleven. So I'll, I guess for so now. You're, so I'll
2: you're saying take you're saying under.
0: under. <laughs> <And> I'll slightly <laughs> take the under, yeah. Because I mean, you, you look at this schedule, man, I mean, I really don't see. You just don't see a lot of winnable games, right? I mean, it's going to be a dogfight for them. Or it's going to be a struggle for them to make their way through all these divisional games. You know, I I don't see them beating the Saints. I probably don't see them beating the Buccaneers either yeah, time. No, Buccaneers are just too strong. They might split with the or with the Falcons. I think the 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 edge they have with the way the schedule shaped up with the, the Falcons is that they're getting them on on a Thursday night. So it's it's going to be a short week for the Falcons, and I'm just looking up quick who the Falcons have Uh, the week before they play the, uh, they play the Panthers. They are, they have actually you guys, the lions at home before they, they travel to Carolina uh, for the Thursday night game. So it's, it's going to be
2: five and
0: 11. (laughs) Yeah. So, they're going to struggle with those games. I think the NFC North they're going to struggle with. AFC West is going to be ridiculously tough for the Panthers, especially going to Kansas City. You know, the only games that might be winnable are Washington, uh, Arizona. Like I said, maybe Atlanta. You get, you get them once. And then, um, you know, maybe, probably Chicago at home I think they could steal. But other than that, it's not looking promising.
2: Bill, it uh, was a lot of fun, my friend. Uh, always a pleasure.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely, Matt. Always great to chat with you, man.
2: Bill Rossetti, locked on Panthers. Matt Derry, locked on Lions. A division crossover for a Monday is in the books. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Shout out again to Matt Derry for joining me and getting this crossover done. A lot of fun. And again tomorrow to myself and Lauren Cox of locked on bears so definitely excited for that one real good conversation with him again locked on panthers and locked on podcast network brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on and get ten dollars off your first box of built bar and i promise guys these are quite delicious protein bars so builtbar.com thanks for your support And thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. And we'll see you tomorrow for the Panthers and Bears crossover. Until next time, Bill Rossetti signing out. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Have yourselves a good day. I am
1: out.